welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This will be episode 2 of 5 of our end of season report cards and we'll be looking at the next 5 players in uh, descending order. So for those of you who either missed the first episode or need a brief recap, we'll be giving a letter grade based off of offensive and defensive stats of goals, assists, points, hits, blocks, and takeaways. Um, all of that gets into a consolidated grade overall and comparing it to last seasons to see which players really grew, which ones uh, kind of regressed a little and which stayed the same. So we'll jump right into uh, the first player here. Yeah, uh, I'll take this one. So first up is Jesperi Fakniemi. So just before we get into the stats, I think just like most people noticed that you know, Kotkaniemi, you know, people gave him a huge ceiling like we've been talking about coming into, you know, his career. Um, pretty promising rookie season two years ago. Uh, his uh, sophomore season was brutal. Like, yeah. really not good. Took a Obviously, big hit that Took year. a big hit from Zadorov, was out, but just not, it wasn't projecting well. I think he had like 18 games played or something. But something along those lines. It just wasn't projecting well. He wasn't getting on the board. And then uh, this season came around and, you know, this was supposed to be a better litmus test obviously different season but you know these guys got to adapt but um overall um Kotkaniemi goes from a C last year to a B this year so pretty significant improvement let's break it down into offense and defense first so uh in terms of offense overall he went from a D plus to a C plus so how that breaks down is he went from uh a B minus to a C in goals so he went from 0.17 goals per game last year uh, to 0.09 goals per game this year. Um, so a little bit of a decrease in goals there per game. Um, going to assists, this is where he made up for it big time. So he actually got an F last season with 0.06 assists per game. So super low there. Obviously, we're dealing with a bit of a um, like a bottleneck event with just the amount of games he played. But regardless, this year he got 0.27 uh, assists per game, which is a huge improvement. Overall points, uh, he went from a D to a C. So uh, last year, 0.22 points per game. This year, 0.36 points per game. So huge improvement. Um, let's go to the defense. So defense, I think most people would agree, even before the stats, I think that's where we saw Kotkaniemi's game improve the best this year. He actually wasn't, uh, not just not a, a liability on the ice, but he was actually good defensively on the ice, and it was nice to see that part of his game improve. So his hits went from a C-plus to a B. Um, not super statistically significant, roughly the same, but 1.42 to 1.5 hits per game. Um, not, still not hitting a ton, but um, definitely his aggressiveness on the ice is noticeable. Um his blocks went from a D plus to a C, so 0.44 blocks per game to 0.48. Again, roughly the same, but still worth mentioning. And then takeaways, this is where I think we're going to notice it the most defensively. He went from a B minus last year to an A plus this year. So 0.39 takeaways per game last year to 0.59. So significant improvement there. And uh, I think that's where we see the majority of his defensive um, you know, grade upgrade come from. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Kotkaniemi, it's a weird one because of where, like you said, he was drafted and where he's kind of expected to be. A lot of people, including us, get down on him a little bit. But, you know, when you step back and you kind of look at his overall game, he basically improved everywhere. His He took a bit of a step back, like you said, only in goal scoring, which ironically was probably his best piece during the playoffs. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, it's, he he just again he took another step. Whether or not that um, that step was a large enough step, yeah. uh, where he's at in his game, that's up for debate. It'd I be think... interesting to do this in terms of his rookie season because I think this is around his rookie season numbers. Yeah, I think uh, give or take it's around his rookie season because yeah. uh, th- these are doing him a bit of a favor because last year he did really have a. Yeah, season, he, he had a down year. But for we sure. gotta keep it consistent. Obviously. Well, that's it. So. It's, it wouldn't be fair every time someone had well, no, a, yeah, yeah exactly. a good season to be like, ah, oh, we won't call it. Exactly. But yeah, overall, I just think it was nice to see that he was clearly given, like you said, more responsibility defensively. He kind of had you know just more of an impact on the ice than I think we saw in the Better past. Better face-offs too, I and his face-offs were way up. So um, yeah, in terms of significant change, like you said, overall. He, and offensively and defensively, we saw him go up by, at the very least, a letter grade. Um, his points and his takeaways specifically, but like you said, the one that really stands out is a big, big jump in terms of his assists, which means he's getting involved in the play. And also, to me, it was that he was being played with guys who put the puck in the net yeah, a little more often. Army early on. That's where yeah. he really shined. You know, going into next year, I think Kotkaniemi will be given even more responsibility, probably... Uh, barring any moves in the offseason, being a second-line center. Um, so it's interesting to see how he moves forward with that. I, I, I do hope we do see a, you know, a, a quick acceleration in his point total because um, while, I, you know, while we all you know, agree for the most part that he shouldn't have been taken third overall and we could have probably got a mid-first round, um, with his potential, I would like that point total to be at least increasing and not staying stagnant because, um, you know, a, a 30, you know, a 30 point center isn't, you know, ideally what we have. Well, we just said, don't pay them in the, in the Deno discussion. We said that a a centerman who can play defense, but can't play offense isn't worth your top six. Yeah. And you know, his defensive upside is far lower than exactly. Um, although if he keeps this trajectory, he can get there, but, um, yeah, we'll jump into another, not surprise, but just, I'm happy to see how high he ranked on the lists, uh, Paul Byron. So Paul Byron goes from a C in 2019 to a B minus in 2020. Um, his offense would go from a C to a C plus. So more specifically, his goals would increase from a C to a C plus, which, um, interesting enough, because the way this is ranked, um, it's based off of his standing on the team. So while his goal scoring went up from a C to a C plus, his goals per game actually declined from a point fourteen to a point eleven goals per game. It's one of the rare times on the board we're gonna see it, but um, that just shows the Habs overall scoring was down this year. Um, so he Which was is crazy because like early yeah. on the season, I thought we really hit a turning point as a team where like. You know, we were transitioning from a team that just could not get the puck in the net to a team that was going to score, you know, possibly be a top five scoring team in the league. And then, like, mid-February came around and everything just came to a screeching halt and no one was putting the puck in the net. Yeah, what this shows me also is that we weren't scoring by committee so much and we just had a few guys scoring yeah. all our goals. Um, but, yeah, either way, his his grade goes up even if his stat went down. Um, his assists it goes from a two point one, uh, sorry, a point twenty one to a point twenty four. That's from a C to a B, and his points per game would stay the same almost statistically, and also in a letter grade. So his points he remains at a C over the two years, and he goes from a point three four to a point three five. So essentially the same um, defensively, and I don't think anyone 
really would have uh, been surprised if I told you his defense went up this year with all those shorthand plays that he made. Um, he goes from a C to a B, uh, C to an A in terms of hits per game. So he wow. really jumped his hits up. He went from a 1.45 uh, hits per game to a 2.52. That's impressive. So he's, he's throwing a lot of hits out there. Um, his blocks would fall from a C plus to a C. That's 0.62 to 0.48 per game. Yeah. And then his takeaways. Not a guy you expect blocks from. Yeah, exactly. If anything, it's when he's kind of rushing the defense and it goes off his shin pads. He's not really someone who's been diving in front of pucks. Doesn't but have the body for it either. Yeah, exactly. And and then takeaways. He went from a C to a B. Uh, yet again, though, this is someone who his stats went down. So 0.38 down to a 0.28. But his letter grade goes up. So takeaways is another stat that, you know, this in a, in, in a vacuum basically shows um, the wealth was distributed less. We had certain guys taking the pucks away, which that could be a strategic move. That could also be a, you know, fact that we played a shortened season. But, um, you know, twice for Paul Byron as his stats go down, his ranking on the team goes up. Could be also that we just had the puck more. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, there's for that. For sure, too. that this year I noticed that we had like better puck control and we weren't always chasing the game. Yeah, and, that, and that makes sense. So, again, just, just a quick recap with Paul Byron. His assists, his defense, and his takeaways were all uh, up by a letter grade, but really, most significantly, was his hits um, going way up two full letter grades. Uh, it's nice to see, too, that he's kind of embraced that, uh, like, bottom six role in the sense of that he you know he he plays that speed game and that uh, that kind of gritty uh cycle a little bit but really he's embraced kind of that four check that we need in the bottom six especially from a guy that size that's guys we need like you know like for another example of that this year was brett kulak you know like these guys are you know the bedrock of a deep team and like the the issue comes if like a Paul Byron, sort of like a Phil Deneau, like insists on being a top six guy. Uh, the team just doesn't function that way. Uh, speaking of Phil Deneau, um, this is going to be our first decrease in terms of overall uh, today. So Phil Deneau went from a B to a B minus this year. I think that basically passes the sniff test. I think most people noticed a huge uh, decrease. Um, not as significant as a, a, a letter grade decrease as we would have thought, but again, let's break it down at offense. And defense, so offense, he went from an A- minus to a B. Uh, goals went from a B to a C. So last year, 0.18 goals per game, half that this year in 0.09. Uh, that was pretty evident throughout the year. I mean, yeah. like when Jesse had a running tally of uh, <laughs> Deno score today, um, which was just ironic. Granted, his history with you know basically refusing a contract early on uh, and wanting to show that he can have more offensive upside to his game and then just basically having one of the worst seasons of his life. Yeah. So, yeah. And moving on to assist, he goes from an A to a B plus. So uh, kind of going in line with a decrease in performance from that Gallagher to Tardeno line. Um, his assists go down naturally from 0.48 assists per game, so almost 0.5 to 0.36 this year. Uh, so a pretty significant decrease. Uh, and like I said, pretty much in line with you know that whole line's performance this year going down. Uh, points overall, he went from an A minus last year to a B. Uh, 0.66 points per game last year, so that was a pretty pretty good year for him. And then 0.45 this year. Um, defensively, kind of surprising. Went from a B minus to a C, but also at the same time, not really. I think the majority of Phil Deno's uh, season where we came to appreciate him was really in the in the postseason in the playoffs. Uh, that's when he really turned it on defensively. 
But, you know, throughout the regular season, I don't think he was particularly, definitely wasn't a liability, and he was definitely good defensively, but he wasn't, like, a super shutdown. Like, I, I wouldn't have had him, usually I have this guy in, in definitely in, like, my top three for Selkie. But this year, during the regular season, I just, I didn't find him to be that big of a, and, a competitor. And it just, it, it makes you hopeful a little bit in terms of hit the gap that he's leaving, especially just looking at, you know, comparatively that, you know, for example, Kotkaniemi actually had a better, by our metrics, a better defensive regular season. Yeah. It allows you to at least feel more comfortable that we're not completely, you know, mm-hmm. giving up our whole game style. And I think, um, you know, again, I don't think there's any denial that, you know, he Philip Deneau is one of the premier elite uh, forwards in terms of defensive play in the NHL. But, um, you know, a down year is a down year, but at the same time, like, signing on a down year it normally cuff like kind of cuts off your your salary there a little yeah. bit right you have uh, to you have to keep in mind this, with, with these defensive stats like if you look at the defensive players in the league like if you look at um like like patrice bergeron all these guys um you'll notice that their takeaways uh are actually quite low and it's because for the most part they play on the penalty kill and, yeah, uh, minus though the elite, elite, elite guys, because uh, mm-hmm. Mark Stone's always oh, yeah, he's, been, always number, one. he's number one in the yeah. league. But, in yeah, but center specifically, like yeah. they, have, they have a different role, on, especially on the penalty kill. Yeah, and um, just five on five, you're gonna have way more opportunity to to take away the puck. Yeah, uh, versus on the penalty kill. Um, so just keep that in mind, because like obviously it shows this year that you know Kotkaniemi had over double the takeaways per game, which like I don't. Like, if Cockney is playing the penalty kill as much as Phil Denno was, I'm yeah. sure it wouldn't be the case. But, um, yeah, so going into blocks, um, Phil goes from a C, uh, just stays stays the same, C to C. And uh, last year, uh, 0.52 blocks per game to 0.53, so no real difference there. Then takeaways, uh, foreshadowing before, B to a C plus, so a little bit of a decrease there from a huge decrease, actually. 0.48 takeaways per game last year to 0.26 this year. Um, yeah, which kind of follows the, the trend line of my, uh, of my idea with, you know, we, we drew a lot of penalties this year. Yeah. Like we, we took a lot of penalties. I'd be interested in seeing the stat on that on like how many like per game we took compared to last year. But, uh, we definitely went through a period where we were taking like an, an enormous, like an enormous amount of penalties. Like, yeah, we did. There was a lot of penalties called this year. It was, it's, you know, most, uh, hockey outlets in general, we're discussing how, um, I don't want to say sensitive, but um, how easy it was to get a penalty. You know, we saw enough games this year that went above five for yeah. one team. So well, I remember it, there was one game against Toronto. We were in Toronto. And it was I'm like pretty six sure to five or something. Yeah, like the, the entire second period we were on the penalty kill, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it was, there was a little bit much in there, and I, I don't know what exactly that factor I think, was. I think a, a big factor of it is no fans there, and, and the refs can can focus and catch things a lot more, which probably, like, you know, is, is something I probably has to be. I also think that but... with COVID restrictions, especially in the Canadian division, because refs weren't going back and forth over the border, it was the same refs a lot yeah. of the time. So they kind caught of got on. used to some of, you know, they like caught on your bullshit. Exactly. I was going to say they, they recognize when Gallagher's actually getting cross-checked yeah. or not, even if we don't agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just to, to kind of highlight there, the goals and hits for Philip Deneau were really the, uh, significant drops both a full letter grade from b to c um going into our next player this was actually a bit surprising yeah, because this is someone too. who i think you know on first glance you wouldn't uh 
you wouldn't think he had a bad year, but by these metrics, it was it was a bit of a down year. So for uh, Yola Armia, he kind of uh, just had a great year last year. That's too. that's the other thing too. Is you'll see a lot of the um, drops that he had are from the you know, A range, which is obviously very hard to maintain yeah. because in terms of an A, this is based off of his ranking within the team, and a lot of new guys came in. So um, Armia goes overall from a B to a C plus. Um, his offense dropped from a B to a C, which is his goal scoring went from an A- minus to a B, 0. 0.28 uh, goals per game down to 0. 0.17. His assists would drop from C plus to C, which is 0. 0.24 down to 0. 0.17 as well. And his overall points per game dropped from a B to a C, which is 0. 0.52 all the way down to 0. 0.34. Um, you know, before going forward, I think... He had a different role last year. This year, he was like really truly on a fourth line. Yeah, versus... it was. I'm like I find it surprising just generally because it's the first year I found that he's had a line. Yeah. Oh, granted, that was more in the latter half of the year, right? I mean, like that was more in like March, uh, April, May. Yeah. Right. And, and if like... you remember last year, he's playing a lot with Suzuki in the top six. Yeah. Um, it was Suzuki, Armia, and uh, who was it yeah, last year? Yeah. I can't even remember. I, I was it Kovalchuk? Was that Kovalchuk? Yeah. But yeah, so basically, you know, that that's a lot more um, opportunity for offense, yeah. let's say. But um, yeah, that honestly, it's it's hard to not uh, kind of justify it because this is someone who clearly, I mean, especially with the contract he just signed, he's a he's a gamer and he's gonna be, you know, basically like we said, kind of leading that bottom six every night. So, um, you know, while, while he kind of basically went all red throughout the entire uh, ranking system, I think his play, you know, it, it, it looks worse than it really is. Mm -hmm. So for defense, he, he actually stayed the same. He had a B year and he remained at a B. So hits went from an A to a B plus, 2.52 hits down to 2.1. Um, his blocks stayed exactly the same, a D to a D, so 0.43 down to 0.32. And again, this is one where it's just unfortunate, but he had an A-plus season last year at uh, 0.81 takeaways per game, and that drops to an A at 0.44. So, you know, he's he's dropping into an A. That's kind of a good that example. That reflects his play so much. Well, that's like it. High takeaways, like he... It's definitely the highest takeaway I think I've seen on our, on our report card so far. Like 0.81 takeaways per game yeah. last year. Like, that's a lot of takeaways. And, and a takeaway for those to like to understand is not just um, you know you you someone dumped the puck in and you you got the puck as it rings around the boards. It's it's active takeaways. Yeah. So it's you're getting the puck off of someone without physical contact, yeah. so you're either intercepting passes or lifting yeah. sticks. It's a very technical play. Yeah, the important part is it's a change of possession. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, getting the puck between your skates and holding it against the board sort That's of thing. That's it. And so just looking at Armia, like we said, the, the significant drop-offs were his offense and his points specifically, where he dropped by a whole letter grade. The rest were drops by less than a letter grade or not at all, so... You know, do, like I said, it, it's a slight regression based off of the same factors of like less ice time, different line mates, um, still good stats. Because you know, if you look at the numbers that we just put up with, I'm just gonna reread. You've got a B, a B plus, an A, and they're all down. So hmm. you know, if you're what do you want more from Army next year? Goal scoring, yeah. because the guy's got such a good shot, and 
I don't think he needs to do much else. I mean, like, hits are still high. I don't need him blocking shots. Clearly, his takeaways are good. I just, I'd love to see him just kind of embrace that fourth line role yeah. and just be the guy who buries everything. As it stands now, who are you playing? Uh, right now, he's going on the fourth line, probably with, I mean, if it, depending on who our fourth line center is, of either Paling or Paquette. And uh, probably Matthew Perro. Yeah, that'd be nice. Which, like, I think he and Perro even played together in Winnipeg, which is nice. They have some good chemistry. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll kind of just shore that lineup together. Yeah. All right, so jumping into the last player, we got Brendan Gallagher. So, again, another one that passes the sniff test. A little bit of a decrease this season with, with, with Galley, going from a B to a C+. Plus. Um, offense, um, you know, going from an A to a B+. Plus. Now, this, this part was interesting to me his his goals actually slightly improved this year yeah. i mean his his ranking stayed the same he remained an a but last year he had 0.37 goals per game this year he had 0.40 so it was obviously difficult to to you know for people to mentally and quickly uh do that conversion to an 82 game season mm-hmm. this year but i just found it might have been maybe there was more people scoring this year but i just found i just was not seeing Gallagher put the puck in the net, like, mm. all season. So I was actually surprised to see that stat, and it kind of, like, makes me go, like, well, phew, after yeah, the contract. Yeah, it was still a 33-goal pace. Yeah, so, which, is, which is great, because you know, yeah. he obviously just signed that extension, and, like, yeah. that's a, you know, this was a big year for us to make sure that this was actually a signing that was going to be worthwhile. Again, you know, a, a slight overpayment, I think most people can agree with that, but, you know, it's something that I think... You're buying 500 k worth of loyalty. Exactly, and, and and this is a guy that, you know, he is the spiritual leader of this team, and, like... He might be the actual leader. Yeah, he might, yeah, essentially, so... Give it old man Shea's been put out to pasture. Yeah. <laughs> um, going to the assist, he goes from a B-plus to a C-plus, so like I said with, with Phil Deneau, I mean, like, this is more a reflection of, of that line kind of going into retirement, unfortunately, and just not working as well as it has this year. Um, going from 0.36 assists per game to 0.26. Obviously, this isn't a stat that, I mean, we necessarily need Gallagher for. Um, but nonetheless, it goes down. His points, um, his ranking stays the same. He stays at an A at 0.73 points per game. And then this year at a 0.66. So, again, remember, this is scaled to the team's year. So, so um, f- funny enough, actually, I'm just I'm looking at now. Um, not not to cut you off, but so Philip Deneau's goal scoring dropped by fifty percent, yeah. and Brennan Gallagher's goal scoring dropped. Uh, sorry, assists dropped by twenty five percent. If I was a betting man, and we'll go back and look at the Tatar assists, I bet it is about a twenty five percent drop that because you know half his assists go to Deneau, half his assists go yeah, to not Tatar. A, not a big power play guy. Doesn't no, really and so play, you so. know that that is a bit of a factor, but at the same time. Assists mean you're also generating the offense a little. You, yeah, know, you exactly. can you can bring it off a, of uh, Deno's shin pads and it'll count. Yeah, it's not you know it's not you know it's not up to the goal scorer all the time. I mean, yeah. like there's there's great assist men in, in in the world that uh you know produce goals. You yeah. know, like Gallagher is not that you can guy. Put a, you know you, you you can put a you know like a monkey with Sidney Crosby and he'll get forty goals. But um, yeah. Anyway, moving on to defense. Um, you know, not a stat particularly important to Gallagher, but. Surprising nonetheless, because I found defensively in the playoffs, he actually, you know, obviously he's playing that role with, with Deno yeah, mm-hmm. of that shutdown line, but I was surprised at how well this guy can play defense. I mean, like, I used to think this guy was a huge liability defensively, but he can hustle back. Yeah. You know? Which now saying it out loud, like, I'm not, why am I even surprised? Yeah. He can hustle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, 
you know, he plays defense a lot like Arturi Lekkinen, just like yeah. with chaos and not real any, um, not real any like precision behind it. He just really gets the puck back. But uh, overall, he goes from a C to a D plus rating. Um, his hits go from a D to a C. So yeah, an actual increase there, which was was surprising to me. Granted, I, I found him a bit hesitant this year, uh, battling some injuries, obviously, but. You know, going from 0.9 hits per game to going to a 1.31. It's a pretty big jump. So it's a pretty big jump, but one I, I found it surprising just from anecdotally watching the games. I, I think we both discussed it during the games, how we noticed that Gallagher had a bit more hesitancy to his game. Mm-hmm. I think that more applies to his willingness to get in front of the net and, and take the cross checks. Yeah. Um, maybe it didn't apply so much to his hits, but... Um, you know, I, I don't know why, I just, I assumed that his hits were, were but kind just of Yeah, you associate all with aggression. Yeah. And so, like, when you see someone's been neutered a little bit, mm. you just assume, like, it's all over the ice. But, you know, I, you know, it's also hard to kind of realize every time they throw a hit, because it's, yeah. like, it's so often that, you know, every time he just jumps into someone, it's a hit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going to blocks, he goes from a C to a D, so, you know, not a, not a This one, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm happy. If he just drops to yeah. an F, like, it's enough of him getting injured, getting... Yeah. By blocking shots from our own guys and from the other team. Yeah, that hand, I, I mean, that was probably a big reason why he wasn't as much of a, a net presence in front, of the net, uh, in front of um, the opposing team's net, just because uh, we can't really afford to have him get that hand injury again, which just seems to happen, like, multiple times per year. But anyway, like I said, C to a D, 0.49, so almost half a hit per game last year to a 0.34, so around a third per game. Uh, going into takeaways, this is a big one. A to a C minus, so um, you know almost uh, 1.66 takeaways per game last year, down to 0.2. So um, be interesting to kind of like talk about it later on, and maybe bring it up later in a podcast on like what these trends and takeaways could possibly mean in terms of the team's overall game this this season versus last season. Mm-hmm. I think it, it honestly comes down to our puck possession. I, I, I re- we really need to look that up because like I think that would be interesting to, to talk to uh, talk to you about next podcast next report card so that like I'm sure our, I'm sure our possession's up. Like I, 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 yeah, I, I understand that we had this year. Like I, it has to be the reason just because we're seeing takeaway drops basically across the board with few exceptions. That like something like Kotkaniemi. Um, you know, that could mostly be due to actual time on ice. Yeah, like, no, I, and that I understand. I, I think also a big part of it, too, is you can you can kind of find little correlations here and there, but um, typically guys who had a drop in their uh, their takeaways either saw a drop, like you said, in their hits. Gallagher's the rare exception where his hits went up, but his takeaways went down. Um, to me, I, I would have said that I think that also means they're being put on different, uh, like, situations on the ice. You know, someone like Kotkaniemi was given more defensive responsibility versus, let's say, someone like Armia may have been given less responsibility given he played with Perry and Stahl who weren't sent out there to play defense. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see on that, and we'll take a look for the next one, like you said. But, uh yeah, I think also Gallagher's is a specific one because his hits went up and his takeaways went down, which also means maybe he's trying to just play the body a little bit more. Yeah, which he might just sense. be exchanging a hit for a takeaway. You know, I'm I'm curious to see right here. You said it was 0.9 up to 1.31. That's an increase of uh, you know 45 percent up versus uh, 0.66, right? Yeah, that's right. It's about thirty percent. It's give or take, you know. Like he, I think he's. Tra- it's a trade-off there. Yeah, and I, I think he, 
you know, especially when you when you kind of make this a you know, like a multifaceted approach here. This is a function of many things, but mm -hmm. even little things like you know having it be a north division and there's just more uh, animosity between teams. He might go for the hit instead of lifting the stick. Yeah, you know, little things like that play. Also, into this. like not not even to get so technical, but you know what? He he's getting a bit older. He was never particularly fast. <laughs> But you know when you're playing against a lot of young stars, young gun. literally yeah. though, do you, like I think he has a better time, you know, hitting a Pedersen, hitting a McDavid than he does trying to keep up with him and lift his stick. Yeah, they're just like pulling the puck between his legs. Well, that's it. Gets frustrated. That's <laughs> like a lot like Lekkinen. Basically, yeah. and so. But how crazy is Paul Byron's hit? Yeah, Paul Byron, I, and and you know we we mentioned it a few times throughout the year of just Paul Byron's just he's killing people yeah, like he there. gets off the ice and I, I see him skating like basically like if he was 30 pounds uh heavier like all these would be charges he's going to the corner like go there you go 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 kapow <laughs> that's paul byron yeah and he kill and he really kills people and I'll, I'll never forget the day we saw him throw a full hit at the habs red versus white <laughs> he's who did it was it was one of the laid him out i think it was like vague demo or something yeah. he just absolutely lays the guy out it's like you know he's on our team, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. No guys in the NFL get ejected and cut from teams for doing that at practice. Honestly, there we. But I like to see that because he's just such a competitor, and like I, you know, with his hits increasing like that, that's just a sign that he's embracing his new role. Yeah. And this is a guy who will stay on our team long term because, like, when you can adapt and 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 understand the role you're being given and not hold on to your to your past, like that's a very valuable hockey player. Hear that, Deno? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just want to also mention it, too. You know, Suzuki was at the top of our list with a B. Um, Kotkaniemi rounds out the top six players on the team with a B rating. Byron, Dano, B minuses. And now, with Army and Gallagher at the C+, plus, we're about to kind of enter, like, the uh, the have-nots of this season. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, the next three episodes are going to be a little more, I would say, fun in the sense of we're going to see a lot of red Mm -hmm. I'm gonna see, you know, like who who really had a rough time this year, and see if it also holds up. Because yeah. there's a lot of names that I would have figured were already on the board. You know, we're looking at Shea Weber, we're looking at Jeff Petrie. You know, haven't mentioned you know more than one defense. Petrie was on. Uh, Petrie, yeah. sorry, Petrie was on the first one. Uh, Sherrod, Weber, uh, Edmondson. Like these are not guys who you would have thought. Now, given half the rating is based on offense, I expected the defenseman to be a bit lower, which yeah. is why originally we were gonna do different ratings. Yeah. But at this point, like, why not just yeah. scale everyone to the same point? Um, either way, though, I, you know, I think that's the top 10 players, basically. And I think if you were told to name the top 10 players on the team, uh, this would be somewhat close yeah. to what we got. We had uh, Suzuki, then Petrie, Anderson, Toffoli, and Tatar. We had Kotkaniemi, Byron, Dano, Army, and Gallagher. It, yeah. You know, maybe you swap in one or two players there, but... Um, it's pretty indicative of how the, the year went. And, uh, you know, this being sick, as of right now, Kotkaniemi still doesn't have a contract. Yeah, which... Surprising, we'll see to be honest. Goes. Yeah, I, um, I, I think, you know, I, I, I think he's um, being circulated a little bit in the league. I, I, like it, I mean, that doesn't have a huge influence on, on his contract talks, but I think he's um, maybe holding out a little bit just for... Just to wait. I, you said we've been out on Eichel for a few days. I recently That's was... what I heard, is that the Canadians are out yeah. on Eichel. I also just, I'm curious to know what the deadline is for his contract. I know, that's what I was, my next question was. I feel like it was like 
recent. Because when you qualify a player... It's just, been over a week now. Well, that's the thing. is like You qualify a player before free agency starts, so mm-hmm. that they remain RFAs. But I think we have like all the way through to like December or something to sign him. It's kind of like the Nylander situation. Yeah. So I'm sure they're not going to rush into it, but uh, it'd be nice to kind of know I'm what's sure going on. I'm sure he wanted a longer contract. I, yeah. I, I don't see many players that would want this kind of situation, but uh, especially young guys like this. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So I'm just curious for I I've said on the podcast and you know just when you know seeing people and talking hockey. I truly believe Kotkaniemi is going to turn into a true power forward in the league. Looking at his defensive capabilities versus his offensive, do you see him more as a two-way forward, or do you think he'll grow into that power forward role? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm leaning towards power forward just by his playoff play. Um, I think he's going to be given a lot more defensive responsibility this year uh, in terms of maybe you know penalty. Well, definitely penalty kill responsibility. Um, especially if we're talking about injuries, so I'm I'm gonna you know I'm gonna make, make some opposition in, in this podcast and say two way just because I I think his his defensive game and I, I think the way he sees the team and the environment being a young guy and what happens to guys who don't embrace this role I think he's gonna you know potentially take that Deno position that that that's been kind of left open um, and have a bit more offensive upside. Um, that's kind of where I see him going, but definitely a power forward esque offensive game. Right. Like I, I, I really don't see that. Yeah, so. but I mean, again, no player is is a pure yeah, anything. Exactly. I mean, but like, I think more or less he'll be a two way center. Okay, interesting. Just because you know it would line up with his uh, prior comparisons to Kopitar, Barkov. Yeah, these are guys who are huge, but they play a two a really good two way game. Versus, like, when you really think, like, a power forward centerman, you think of, like, a Ryan Getzlaff, or you think yeah. of maybe even, like, uh, you know, prime Eric Stahl, even. Like, I don't see him turning into that, but I, I don't... It, it, right now, he's kind of on the fence for me. I either think he's going to turn into the guy who just puts up 25 goals a year with, you know, 18 of them being dirty goals in front, or the guy who you can kind of expect the same, you know... 15, 20 goals from, but he'll just lock down the the ice when he's on there. So um, I still lean power forward just because I think that defensive hockey is kind of not not being eliminated from the game, but just harder to find. Yeah, for sure. And I just, every year he comes back, he seems to add about 10, 15 pounds. So I'm just excited to see what he brings this year. And I I have a bold prediction, but I think he's going to be uh, the top face-off guy on our team next year. Yeah, I, I don't think that, that that's too much of a stretch just from, you know, how Suzuki struggles on the face in the face-off circle. Um, Over under 52%. Uh, I'm going to say under. Okay. I mean, I'm going to say he's going to hover the 50 mark for basically, well, the first time in his career. I, I think that's a fair jump, and I, I think that would be reasonable, to, especially in, in, in penalty kill situations. Yeah. The only thing with Kotkaniemi that I'm, I'm really, you know, I think this is... Going into into next season, this is probably the most important season in terms of his uh, gauging where his career is going. I agree. I, I think him and Suzuki this year are just going to be uh, really, really under the spotlight. But Kotkin anymore? I think yeah. Suzuki. We you know we have enough promise from him going forward, but I think this season is when we'll really see is Kotkin any a top six center. I agree with you, and uh, I'm gonna just say it just to like you said have a little bit of. Uh gentleman's bet here but also just to if i can nail this on the head i'll seem like a, a 
time traveler. Uh, Cod Kanyemi, 53.2%. That's going to be my goal. I'm going to say 50.1. Okay, so we'll come back and visit this in a year's time, and we'll see. So we will catch you guys on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.